In this episode, I talked to my new friend Jarrett, who goes by Adamant as his artist name. He's a 19-year-old vocalist slash artist who I, I was talking to him for like two hours one night because working on a song together, and I was like, this dude's doing a lot of things right that I see some very successful people uh, do from all my conversations in this series. And so I was like, you got to hop in a podcast episode because you're doing some awesome things, and I think everyone in my community can can learn from it. And so we talk about how he's developing his studio, how he can monetize his skill set to kind of provide him freedom to actually make the music long term, and also just, just how he thinks about music and building a brand and community in general. Anyways, I think you're going to find a lot of value in this episode, so I hope you enjoy. Let everyone know that's watching, watching uh, the, the live show, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, and watching the YouTube channel, uh, who you are, what you do, and what you're all about. Yo, what's up? So my name is Adamant. That's like the the rapper name I've got for myself. My real name is Jarrett, and uh, I've just been making music. I've been I've been making music for the last five to six, maybe seven years. That's as far as like yo, I was pinning in the pad. I was like, I, I became obsessed with like poetry because that was like my escape from the world, and uh, we need that nowadays. But it yeah. wasn't until two years ago that I actually recorded something. And uh, I recorded one album that just sat there and I was in a buddy's studio and, um, and, and the music's come a long way since then. I actually took that off of iTunes and Spotify, but the, the beginning of 2020, uh, it's, it's actually funny and I hate that. And me and Andrew talk about it. And I bring them up all the time, but I was, I was scrolling through YouTube and I, and I found Ruslan and I, and I hopped in his community and seeing the drive that those people had ever since then, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to get on my game and actually make something out of this. So like ever since the beginning of 2020, that's when I've taken like all of my experience or all of my writing and then actually like, okay, now it's time for me to execute and, and make a way. But, you know, I'm, I make the slogan I used to have was welcome to rejected. And, 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 you know, hmm. uh, I make music to help the people that, that everyone else wants to reject or just anyone that needs help. That's kind of what I've always been about is music saved my life. So in return, I want to help do the same for someone else. That's, that's a, that's a very, um, I don't know what the word for it is, but that's a, that's a very cool message that behind your behind your music. Like that's actually something that means something because a lot of artists will, um, I don't know, I feel like a, a lot of people get into it for the wrong reasons. And I think the number one reason should always be um, either because it's something you love or you want to do something that's actually like meaningful, you know? <laughs> like I, I don't necessarily make music because like, oh, I want to, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to, I need all this attention and I want people to love me like that. I feel like that's a lot. That's the reason for a lot of, especially, um, rappers, no, no offense rappers out there, but, <laughs> but no, I think a lot of it is, uh, and I can't say that I, that it does. I don't, I don't have the same drive, but you notice everyone that's like huge had like a terrible past or something. And it's like those insecurities that we have, yeah. like a lot of people, like with girls, especially, or with guys, it's like, they don't think they're pretty enough. So they're going to work as hard as they can get to get a gazillion likes on Instagram, whatever that takes. And it's the same thing with rappers and with any other artists. I think a lot of times, and it's all in how you channel that, you know, we have yeah. a lot of things that drive us, but do we channel that to be, you know, in a, in a bad way or in a good way? I think that is what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And um, cool thing. So uh, I've actually brought you up on two prior podcasts believe it or not really yeah i feel bad i ain't heard it i'm slacking yeah it's all good but i i, did, I didn't drop you by name because i didn't know how what, if like we were going to end up actually um, working on stuff at that point but um i brought you up i think talking to um 
young L3X or young Lex. And because we were talking about the whole idea of like collaborating with other artists and um, the balance between like clout and just like collaborating with people because you think they have good skill sets. And then I think it was uh, last night I was talking with Outlook the rapper and um, it came up where we were again, we were talking about about networking and and how artists without an audience can reach out to people um, and provide a reason why someone would collaborate with them. Right. And so I, I brought you up a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, I, I was just like hanging out in Ruslan's live stream and I heard this this song that, you know, because he has that review thing every Friday and or fan love Friday specifically. And um, I heard a song with dope vocals on it and I just like messaged you on Instagram. I'm like, yo, your vocals are dope. <laughs> and um, that's that's how that's how we like met. And now we're working on a song together. And I think that's a great example of how you you in your in your case, you could reach out to a lot of people with followings bigger than yours because you have a, a very distinct voice and you have a I think a like really damn good voice. Um, and so like that's a that's a good thing right because what's what's the number one thing that's what's one of the hardest things for any producer to get good vocals and you have a specific skill and that's this is not your only your only thing we'll talk about the other ones later but um you have the ability to reach out to a lot of people and essentially collaborate with them even though you you won't have the same size audience in some cases you that's a very significant value that you can provide in exchange for getting on a, a larger artist um track you know yeah 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 i i think i think the other thing with me with collaborating and honestly it's it's sad but like the song that me and you're doing is one of my first like actual legitimate collaborations i've got a buddy that i'm doing us uh we were, we're trying to get a bunch of songs out but we're just going to do like a dual release now but you know just that's the homie though that's not like yo this is a guy that i've never met i want to build a relationship and that's what's important to me even with someone that is huge or with someone that is small i don't want to just make music with that person i would rather like me and you we we've started working on a song and we're like yeah let's call and talk about the song and two hours later we're talking about gary v like yeah. that's like that's what i care about like it makes me excited to make music with people that are not only like-minded but but people that I can have a genuine relationship with. And when the song's over, our, our relationship and our friendship and our conversation isn't. And, right. and that's what's important to me is I would rather I would rather make a song with a guy that has 500 followers and make a genuine relationship than Drake. And I just be like a passerby or that he's just doing it for as a favor, which yeah. granted that probably is terrible business because I could <laughs> I could pop off because of that. But like maybe I'd make an exception in that. But like, you know, I would just. I would rather make the, the relationships. I, I don't know. I, I, I totally agree. Like, uh, and, and when I was talking to young Lex also, he mentioned that he's collaborated. Like, uh, I mean, I brought this up last night and everyone makes fun of me for not knowing who Joyner Lucas is. Um, <laughs> oh, you got to know that. Dude, yeah. all right. I don't want to cut you off. Dopest visuals you'll ever see. Really? Some of the nastiest visuals you will ever see. All right, well, that and I'll, Billie I'll, Eilish. I'll check. Yeah, Billie oh, Eilish yeah, has yeah. some dope visuals. I'll check it out after this. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So he, he has a song with Joyner Lucas, and he did it, like, in 2016. And he was saying, like, back then they were, like, you know, he wasn't as popping as he is now. So it wasn't really, like, a clout thing. It was just, like, they were in the same area. 
and they were doing it in the same niche, so they just collaborated. And they it was more like for fun and friendship and and in the same scene than it was like a strategic business decision. And then what happened is later, that guy blew up. And yeah. so that's the other thing is like, um, a lot of the times this stuff is just fun, right? Like it's, it's um, even if nothing comes of it, it's just kind of cool to work with other musicians because the the act of being a producer or a vocalist is kind of a a very solo existence it's not like being in a band where you're the whole nature of the project is like you're all close friends and you're working together all the time it's you're a solo artist and it's very lonely so yeah. um it's great to network and we have uh, some yeah. uh, we have some comments that I'll i'll just read through yo zachary all right zachary bine bineman that guy's a legend on the keyboard. All right, I just got to tell you. All right. <laughs> I follow him on IG. That man's a, a legend on the keyboard. You just built up a, I mean, you've been building up a pretty solid studio. And when we talked uh, last week, you, uh, we talked a little bit about how, how you kind of got into that and you were th- like how you were thinking about how to justify the price of having a home studio long term. So, um, I don't know if that sets you off in a good path to just start talking about your, your studio and your mindset around that. Yeah. So uh, me and Andrew were talking the other day and, and we were talking about wealth, like in, and I'm only 19. I ain't got wealth. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I ain't got it yet, but uh, if I did, my music would be way further than it is, but, um, it's building, laying the foundation is what I'm working on right now. And that's what I've been working on for a year now with that studio is, is it's come a long way and I've put a lot cause I've done everything from, so my studio is in the, the warehouse that I work, but basically since I'm the videographer, I do editing. So I have, I have not, I've self-taught myself everything. So that's one thing I say is really important is, is teaching yourself trades or things that not everybody can do that because not only can you can, I don't know how to say that right. Ruslan always has the best way to say it, but basically like like videography, not everybody can pick up a camera and shoot something the way that I can shoot it. That's not because I'm the best at it. It's just because like I've taught myself a little bit about foreground, background, you know, the movements and how to, the F-stop, everything. So like I've taught myself that, especially with audio. So my background in music kind of bled into my job. And now I'm like, yo, let me do these radio commercials because they need that. And I was like, I'll pay for the studio. I'll build it. I'll do everything. Just let me use the room. So I've got like a 20 by 20 room. That was someone's office. It had filing cabinets four, five. I mean, no, 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 not even that like 10 or 15 boxes full of books. I mean, just a mess. And it had been sitting there. So I, I came in there and over the course of like three days, I cleaned everything out of the room and had a literal empty room. And from there I was like, so what do I do now? So I just started going to town every night. I was acoustically treating it. I was doing this and working on that. So, I mean, it's a year of constant, you know, figuring things out. Okay. How do I get the money to do this and to do that? And it was just like saving a little bit and things. And and I wasn't always in the position I am now. Um, but you know, and then I was able to leverage that with my company, you know, like, yo, I have the studio now y'all can do radio commercials. And so I was offering them something. They were offering me something. And, um, so I had this nice room and everything, but I also could offer them stuff. So I started purchasing stuff on the low end. Like I said, I had a bluebird and a scarlet and things, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm one of those people that's obsessed with like perfection and that's my, my crutch, but like, that's my thing. So I was like, so how do I make it sound better? How, I just wasn't happy with where it was. Um, so I started very small. I started with the bluebird and with, 
uh, which is like a $300 mic from like Guitar Center and then like a $100 Scarlet. And that was it. And I just started playing and learning the uh, learning the craft of engineering and how to do all that, which isn't very difficult at that stage. But, you know, it was just learning how to navigate logic and how to do all right. that stuff. And then um, I started building and I, and I just kept thinking to myself, OK, I got to make it better. So then I upgraded to a channel strip by uh, Presonus, which is actually, you know, it did good. It's like a three hundred dollar channel strip, but has a, a tube tube preamp VCA compressor and an EQ. And up till a month ago, I did every song on that rocket was on that every every song i've ever recorded was on that nothing new has come out with my new setup but so like you can for a thousand dollars make a really quality setup with like a bluebird yeah. and, a, and a channel strip and a hundred dollar like legit like you don't have to spend money to make things great but now i've got to the point where I, I, i'm 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 getting. A, I'm not. In, I'm not in the big boy leagues, but I'm also not in in the uh, the consumer grade. Not as not yeah. as much anymore. But you know, I I was just like, uh, I had started my own videography business. Um, so I'm working eight hours a day at my main job, and then I'm working five hours on music, and then at like two a.m. in the morning, I'm doing that. So I was doing everything I can, and I still am to leverage like to get the money to put back into music. Um, so working hard, busting my tail to do all that. And then it's like, uh, you know, my girlfriend's like, well, why are you spending this money? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? Cause like, we're, we're talking about getting married next year. So she's like, we gotta be saving for this, for that. And it's just like, and I'm thinking to myself like, well, am I stupid for doing this? Like I've done spent three grand on this. And then I've got this mic that I just went and bought those $800. And I guess like, so like, you know, am I just an idiot that's like recklessly spending his money or can I actually use it for something? And then, and I was talking to, 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 to Andrew about it and, and I've kind of gotten this thing. Ruslan sent me, I keep going to Ruslan. He's just, I've like, he's like inspired me so much. No, I, so I I've mentioned him a lot on, on these podcasts thing because like even my entire video setup right now is like after I talked to him, it completely changed my video workflow and it just saves me tons of time. So I, I feel you like he's a, uh, He's a cool dude. He's 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 great. I hustling, I, he's, dude. Inspires, inspires hustling a lot too. My dude is a hustler. He put yeah. out like two videos just alone yesterday. He's got TikTok. Like the guy's like just killing it, like working yeah. his tail off. And he's such a the thing that 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 I get with, is he's such a genuine dude. Like at the end of the day, like yeah, he's doing all this stuff. Yeah, he's built an insane brand for himself and like Lane. But like he's so genuine at the end of the day that he'll take all of his time just to work with somebody. Or yeah. just to, to chop it up with something like that means everything. But so I was talking to Andrew, I was like, all right, so not only how do I justify this for myself, but how do I justify it for my girlfriend and for all these things? And how do I not feel stupid? And what am I doing? And I, and I was just talking, I was like, at the end of the day, I could flip this into a revenue stream. And, and I'm and I'm getting to where uh, my studio is where I feel justified that I could charge someone thirty forty dollars an hour to come record in my studio, because I've spent a year learning how to use the equipment. I've spent a year building it and making it, in my opinion, probably one of the nicer studios in my town that no one knows about yet. But <laughs> like, and the thing is, is like, not only am I pouring into myself because music is my freedom music is my way out like i i don't if you understand that you understand that i deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of the depression and things that i fight and music is my xanax music is my <laughs> my my healing so like not only was i investing into my my sanity and myself and and this music that i'm dreaming of one day to be able to achieve and to be able to chase but i'm also i'm also investing in okay at the end of the day if my music doesn't work out I can take everything that I've done and I can create a business out of it. 
Yeah. And I could legit move it to a building, pay some rent, and I guarantee I could be doing four or five hours, six hours a week or a day just pulling people in the studio. So it's like, yes, I'm spending all this money. Not only am I investing into myself and into the craft that I dreamed, and I'm investing into other people. I have three or four people that record with me regular that I give them free studio time. Not only am I investing into them, myself, and my brand, I'm also investing into a business that if three years down the road, I need extra cash or three years down the road, I I just, music isn't it for me. I feel like it ain't going to work out. I can say, okay, this isn't garbage. I, I don't just have to throw everything away or sell it on Facebook marketplace. No, I can make a business out of it. Yeah. So like, that's the thing is like, like invest. And I'm not the best at this. I'm still a kid. And I told Andrew, I feel weird talking about this stuff because I don't have everything to, to show for it. Like if I was a millionaire, I'd be like, this is what you need to invest in. But like, that's not who I am. So like, I just say it out of my experience, like I'm doing, yes, I'm spending money. Yes, I'm, I'm doing things that a lot of people wouldn't do, but I'm doing that with the mindset of I'm investing into a future or I'm investing yeah. into a revenue stream. And I don't know if that makes sense, but like, no, that's, it, that's, it, it that's makes, where it's at. It makes a, a, like a ton of sense. And, and you know, the, one of the reasons why I thought that even if you aren't currently at like impressive numbers or having a million dollar business with this stuff yet, the, um, one of the reasons why I, th- I thought it'd be good to have you on as a guest is because the stuff you're doing is what I see time and time again of people that currently have success did in the past and, you know, d- different levels of it. I mean, like that's, that's what I've done is I treat everything, every piece of music here I buy as an investment because I think, well, worst case scenario, if you buy good gear, you can sell it at like 90% of the price you paid for it. Good music gear holds its value like better than most things like a car is not going to do that the second you buy a car knock 30 percent off the price um, in terms of what you could resell it for but music gear especially Eurorack and synths like i bought a, a 1984 analog synth for like 1200 dollars. that thing was built in 1984 uh, and the price goes up every year so when you think about the worst case scenario for building a studio that's the worst case is like you lose 10 percent of your investment the best case is you turn it into the biggest part of your music business and recording and production and mixing and mastering is often one of the biggest money makers. Like making music and being an artist is one of the hardest niches in music to actually like pursue raw, but the skills around music are a lot, uh, can be very profitable. Like I, I went to a guy just to record some samples in his studio. He had like a bunch of cool vintage gear and I paid him $60 an hour just to go in there. And all he had to do is just hit record, export, and send me the files. I wasn't hiring him to do mixing or tracking. Just open a raw channel, let me play around with his music gear. And I paid him $60 an hour because for me, that was value. Um, so, yeah, like th- what you're doing, it's like so many people that I've talked to do it. And like, as you said, Ruslan brings brings up that idea of like investing in what you do and building skill sets that can be careers in their own because you know the the way that he says it and the way you said it before is that the less people have a skill set the more it's worth and that's talent stacking that's what he calls it he calls it talent stacking because like you it's it's literally insane the money people make doing videography okay so um I'm charging like $500 right now to do a wedding because I'm not well known. I don't have, so I, I don't feel justified, even though I'll make the same quality. I don't feel justified. Well, I found a guy literally on a photo shoot last week. He was kind of around a C300D and I was like, 
this guy's got like a five thousand dollar camera in his hands let's see what he does for a living and i started talking chopping it up and uh now not only is he gonna film for me but he was like i need someone an extra a cam to film in my weddings i'll pay you fifty dollars an hour for your first 10 weddings and five hundred dollars a day after your first 10 way okay so what i'm charging to show up meet the family edit the video film the video do everything by myself he said you show up and do a camera and hand me the sd card and i'll pay you the same amount i'm like yeah okay but it's stuff like that like that's just proof that people are making money at the wazoo with this stuff so like yeah. if you're starting your music not only in my opinion the most important thing to start with build your own setup even if it's little the amount of you can literally just go underground and no one has to hear you. No one has to judge you. You can make a hundred songs and find what is me? Who am I? What is my voice? What can I do that someone else can't do? So that is the, cause my first album was super rap. I, I'm spitting bars like, a, you know, like, like that type of thing. And I was, and, and I, I always listened to John Belly and 21 pilots and all these people. And I always dreamed of being able to to, to mix the two like a John Bellion does. But I never thought I had the voice and I still don't think I have the voice. But back then I really didn't think I had the voice and I'd never allowed myself to learn my voice and I'm still learning it. But I, I, I didn't know it at all. I didn't know how to do my falsettos and how to do this and how to add the rasp and how to, I didn't know how to do any of that. It took me making, I've got like 300 songs in my, in my thing. 90% of them are absolute garbage, but like it gave me a spot to go lock in I'm not wasting anyone's time. I can take eight hours on it if I want to. It doesn't matter if it gets used. I don't have to pay anybody to do it. I can go lock myself away and I can just learn myself. I can learn my craft. And that is number one. But like second, you've got to make visuals to cut through. You've got to do these things. So like not only is it smart to just get an iPhone gimbal and start shooting on your iPhone. So now you can record your stuff. You, you practice learning how to frame stuff. YouTube University, that's where I learned everything. <laughs> I'm making a full-time job just because I spent 70, 80, 90, 100 hours, a lot more than that probably, but like just in YouTube, learning how to do things. And because of that, I've learned talents that I make a full-time living doing now. Yeah. Like, so like, but like you learn how to shoot it on a gimbal or how to frame things, how to, how to shoot things. Then you learn how to edit. And now all of a sudden you can charge people to use your studio. You can charge people to shoot the director videos. You can charge people to edit their videos. And now not only are you doing something for your music, now all of a sudden you've made a side hustle that can push back into your music. You, you can pay for yeah. Facebook ads. Or for, so like, that's the cool thing is like, yo, even <laughs> if you're shooting on an iPhone gimbal, like legit, what you learn to do on your music, you can take and make a business or a revenue stream out of it. Like it doesn't have yeah. to just be wasted and sit in the corner. And, and the nice thing with that is, too, that if, if you're currently in a position where you, you your job or something uh, doesn't give you the freedom to go and pursue what you want to do to the scale you want to pursue it, uh, you know, learning these skills, you might be able to eventually make. I mean, you do video production, shooting, editing full time. And I'm, I would imagine that's somewhat flexible in terms of like, um, well, I don't know. It depends. I, I know you work you work at certain hours, but like if you had something cool with your music, like would they would, I, mean, I think you'd have the freedom to kind of leave early and, and do stuff around that depending on like, I mean, I know you work in a disaster relief organization, so maybe that's a little more niche case, but um, with your, your, your like own business with that, if that grew to the extent you wanted it to, you could do that and essentially make your own hours, be your own boss and 
it gives you the freedom to fund your own music and not just fund it in cash, but fund it in time, you know? Yeah. You're, if you start your business or if, if you're all right, because I didn't do this. I, I literally, when I was 15, I started working at a tank museum. My na- my neighbors owned a museum and, and a I tank asked them museum? if I, what is it like? Yep. Oh, it's a tank. We had, they have <laughs> like, like every type of gun from like the civil war to like world war two. And then like, like they have like some of Hitler's like, uh, generals, like uniforms and like, so all this memorabilia. And then they have like 60 or seven, they have three warehouse buildings full of tanks, like M ones and Sherman's and all in Panzers. So I, I was like, Hey, can I, do y'all have some work I could do? Cause like at 15, like I've grown up around a dad that hustles and that does stuff. So I was like, I want to hustle and make my money. And it started because I wanted to buy a pair of beats. I wanted to buy a pair of beats headphones, <laughs> but I wasn't getting paid enough on my like $10 a month allowance to buy me a pair of beats. So I like asked them, can I, can I like work for you? And my first job, they had like 30 fire hydrants. I had to scrape the old paint off the fire hydrants and repaint it with oil paint in like a hundred degree weather. Ooh. And that was my first job. And then after that, they're, they're, they had center block walls and the center block walls would peel and flake and they would actually get water that would puss up inside of it. So I would take a putty knife and scrape the paint off these walls and repaint them. <laughs> like I was their janitor, like legitimately, that's who I was for, I worked for them like four years doing that. And then I, I, I noticed they didn't have a anything going on Instagram, anything. I asked them, Hey, would you pay me to, to, to do some of your, um, flyers and to do some of your, you know, some stuff around the museum as far as that. And sure enough, all of a sudden I went from their janitor to, Hey, now I'm doing all their photos. Now I'm making all their flyers and doing all of their social media. And, and it was just funny how like I took that stuff that I used from YouTube and other things and I just started and that's where it started. And then from there, you know, I, I started, it was, I was probably, what's 11th grade, junior? Is it junior? Yeah, is that junior yeah. in high school? Yeah. yeah, so I was a junior in high school, and then I started cleaning bathrooms at a uh, at a hospital. I literally, from, I would get off, at, I'd leave school, and I would go at 5 o'clock to like 10 o'clock, and I would clean bathrooms in a hospital. Like, yeah. and so I didn't always, like, I didn't always do this. It wasn't just like, hey, here you go, do this. Like, I've been <laughs> a janitor for like, the past five or six years, like that's what I did as a, like as a kid up to now. Yeah. And I took the money I was making as a janitor and started building my studio. And like only in the past year have I been blessed enough to upgrade and to, and to start making a little bit more money and to be able to actually pour into stuff. But like, no matter who you are, where you're at, you can do it. Like legitimately, it's just all in budgeting and what is important to you. If, if buying the new PS5 is, this is what I look at it as. Like (laughs) I thought about this the other day, that PS5 is going to be like 600 bucks. You could buy an incredible complete studio for 600 bucks. Yeah. I guarantee you people are going to tell you, I can't build a studio. It's too expensive. We'll turn around and buy a PS5. I guarantee you. So it's like, what's important to you? What's important to you? Like uh, I was having kind of, kind of a related topic, but also kind of up topic where, um, it's come up a few times where people are like, there's no way that I'm going to spend like two grand on a, a good enough computer. Like, cause you need a pretty solid computer to handle like audio production, at least in electronic music where all the synthesizers and stuff. Uh, and people are like, Oh, I can't afford a $2,000 computer. But well, I agree. That's a lot of money. A lot of people will go out and get the newest iPhone every two years and spend a grand on it. Or yep. when you get a computer, <laughs> my first iMac 
lasted me seven years and my next one lasted me six. So yeah, I, I spent two, two grand on the first one. Well, I mean, I was young then, so I, my parents got it for me, but my, my newest one I bought and I spent like three grand on it. But the reason why I don't care about that is because it's going to last me like seven years, you know, and every year people go out and dump so much money on, on these phones. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but if you're going to go and complain that you can't afford either a studio or a good computer to run a DAW, then you probably need to look at your life and reevaluate what you're buying. Like, you know, a, yeah. a PS5, whatever it ends up costing, it's going to be a good amount of music here you could buy. Like my audio interface costs less than the price of the the PS4. I think that was like 400 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. It costs yeah. roughly the same. I mean, so like, what do you want? A, a, a audio interface that's going to last you a decade or a PlayStation 4 that's going to be replaced in five years? Um and, yeah, and see the yeah go ahead go ahead well, i was gonna say and like you know if if you're fortunate you can have both but i i fully acknowledge that you know that's not that's not everyone also if you work hard enough you can have both that's the thing and that's what that's what my thing has been like i'm working like 12 hours a day so that i can do this stuff because i also have a car payment and also have which i'm probably selling soon but i also have a car payment i have this that and the other i have to pay for and like this thing that i've struggled with is like okay i'm putting out music now it costs me $150, $200 a song. Then I have to market that. Then I have to, so like, it's not just like throw out a song, throw out a song. It's like, no, if I want to pour in my studio, I've also got to think about the 400 bucks I'm going to put into this song this month and then this, and then if I have to pay someone to do video and then, so that's why I'm doing my side, my side hustle. That's why when I get off at five o'clock, I'm going to film for three hours, then come into the studio for another couple hours. And, and, and then granted, it might be, I've had, uh, almost one to two days a week, I'm working till three or four a.m. to get a video edited for somebody, and I do that because because it, because I do want to have be able to drive my car. I do want to be able to put gas, and I might, I do want to maybe go out and eat once a week, or and then pour into my music gear. Like, yeah. and this month has been the biggest thing about that is. Uh, I've invested in the 500 series, which if you're, if you want to get out of just an interface, that is the best thing to get into because you can get the, the chassis is a little expensive to get started. It's like 500 bucks. But after that, you're talking about getting a Neve compressor that would be like three grand for like one. So like it pays off in the long run and it's very portable and it's very easy to use. Um, so I was like, yo, I want to get this compressor. Like I got, I wanted to, I want to upgrade. And I'll, that's why I was telling you, just wait, I have a better setup coming. Like, <laughs> let me, I was like, yeah. I got, I want to spend like two grand to get this, but I don't have enough this month to do that. So I shot a wedding, three commercials. I've done two, uh, two or four of my other videos on that. Like I've done like five videos already this month and that paid for me to do that. Like I had to do yeah. a lot of hustling, but like out of like five or six days worth of work I've, I've made myself enough on the side to be able to, to pay for that but like yeah. that was just busting my tail working for it like so like no not everyone has that opportunity but like if you can ask for overtime in your job work it if you can ask someone you know like whatever you have to do do what you can to find to do that little bit of x just to go yeah. like the 10 percent further than the next person would and, and not, not everybody has that opportunity, but if you have the opportunity to work a little bit harder and make a little bit more, do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you said, it, it's, it won't work for every single person in the world. Like if someone is, um, has like three kids and they're already working two jobs, maybe they can't fully, fully take advantage of that because they're already to the limit. But, you know, for, for the vast majority of people who are, are spending time focusing on the craft of making music and want to make it something, 
they can arrange them like that. Maybe it won't happen the first year, but they can set themselves up so that in, in a few years, they have an extra revenue source that, that funds everything. And if they really can't do that, then they have to look at the other option, which is finding ways to cut expenses um, mm-hmm. instead of trying to trying to make more money. But um, I think this is, a, this is a good segue to, to talk about some uh, some comments that I've been neglecting. Yeah, so real quick, I saw uh, Samantha Thomas said if people can't afford computers, software, studio time, learn how to do it on the learn how to do it on the phone since that's the only money that you have nowadays. You can do just about everything on your phone. And she's so right. So yeah. one artist, if y'all don't know who Paul Russell is, Paul Russell is uh, signed to, to Ruslan's label. Legitimately, uh, like I, I don't know how many, but a couple of the songs that are on Ruslan, I think Ruslan's album with him, he recorded that on his iPhone. Like Paul Russell recorded that on his iPhone, and they just finessed it in the mix. Wait, the, so like, the, you mean the music, the final vocal? Yes. recorded. Oh, damn. Yes, his final vocal. That's, Paul Russell would do it on his iPhone. That's nuts. And like, that's the thing. Like, you can finesse your way. Like, you don't have to have the best. Good music will speak for itself. Now, granted, if you have a great sound and a great mix, people are gonna want to listen to it more because it's more sonically pleasing. But if you can work your craft and gain a thousand to three thousand followers on Instagram just because you're doing little videos like that or you're doing what you can, yeah, don't don't not work and not chase your dreams and not do things because you don't have the setup or the money. Find a way to make it work. That's what that's something yeah. I do every day in videography. I will forget something or I don't have the I don't have the means or the the thing I need to do this. Okay. So how do I do it? How do I figure out how to do it? Right. I've had times where I've left my stand for my boom mic. So I'll duct tape a boom mic to a chair <laughs> and hide it. Like, like no matter where you're at, you can find a way to make it work. Like another thing I've done for stuff like that, I don't have enough mics to mic everyone. I will literally put my iPhone in front of somebody on a voice memo just so that I can have something like, yeah. so like always finesse. Like if you, if you can find a way to do it, do it. Don't let your money or your situation stop you. Yeah, and, and for, for YouTubers especially, that's an excuse that happens. And also people that want to get into like doing a podcast uh, will say, oh, I don't have a good microphone. I, I can't afford to get a microphone. But you can you can get pretty great results with just an iPhone and and a – actually really just an iPhone. Like the, the microphone's pretty solid. Um, I don't have it near me, but the, the little air – the little free headphones that come with an iPhone are pretty solid, yep. like AirPods. They sound pretty solid as a microphone. Um and uh, who is it? it? I mean, we we've already name dropped Ruslan a bunch, but who's that guy? Bats, right? He makes he's making yeah, weekly yeah. music videos shot on his iPhone. On his iPhone, and they look pretty good. Like, and his newest one was nasty. I will say, I would have never thought his newest one was on an iPhone, but it was. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you can shoot in 4K on an iPhone. You're not going to get the same dynamic range as you would on a professional camera. But if you light it the right way, it's going to look like 90 percent. Of, of a professional camera. And that's true yeah. with most gear in life, whether it's music or synthesizers or, or production or video. Um, like the cheapest or like cheaper to mid-tier products will get you like 90% of the way there. But the price to get from 90% to 100%, that's where the cost goes from hundreds to like tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, and, and that's why um, we look at professional studios that can cost multi millions of dollars don't sound much better than a home studio nowadays because you get these horrendous diminishing returns that only yep. the the most prolific of audiophiles will will ever be able to tell the difference between them uh, but if someone doesn't have the talent either 
the really expensive gear isn't going to make them any better. Like oh, the yeah. only thing that more expensive gear is going to do is just make you sound more polished. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just tell you what I, what I'm running right now. Uh, there's another thing with big studio, a big studio would have an old school, like Neve 1073. So if y'all don't know what a 1073 is, it's a, it's an old school preamp that Neve made. That's extremely pop. If you're doing hip hop, that's the preamp you need to get. It's a, it's a transformer preamp. And all that does is it thickens and gives your voice like some body. It's the same preamp Drake uses and a lot of people like that. It's in their vocal chains. And then yeah. a VCA compressor, a Neve, uh, Portico compressor. And like, the only thing that's doing for me over like, and I can't wait for you to hear it. If you haven't listened to the, the newest thing I sent you, uh, I can't wait for you to hear it. But like, yeah, my voice has a natural grit to it. And in the old studio channel, it was there, but it wasn't as punchy and doing it through this all of a sudden it's like that smokiness in my voice just came out. But like, that doesn't mean I'm a better singer or like my whole sound has changed. It just means like, there's a little bit more there sonically. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. all it's going to do for you. Yeah, if, if it's a lot better to be a talented producer or vocalist or whatever you are using crap gear than it is to be a untalented person using yeah. great gear. Like there's – if you look at a lot of um, – I've watched like some San Holo behind the scenes stuff. Um, if you don't know who he is, he's like electronic music producer. And he records like the final vocals for his songs on his MacBook built-in microphone and he uses like stock plugins or just basic like massive and serum VSTs, which like yeah. it's like, you know, that stuff is not necessarily free or cheap, but it's nothing fancy. It's something that every single person in the world has. And uh, he's everything what he does is just kind of like it's nothing's fancy, but he's just talented at what he does. And so it shines through now. Um, you, you the same the same kind of vein if you got I don't know who's who's one of the best singers in the world right now. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just name like a pop. Depends what you like. I'll name like a pop star. Like if you got like Justin Timberlake. Charlie Puth. No, Charlie no, Puth. no. If you want to talk about harmonies and the complexity of music, Charlie Puth can make some nasty stuff. You put that guy He's in got front like of jazz a, pop and like all Yeah, it's just. Yeah, but you put him in like an iPhone and use that in the final recording, it'll sound great because he's a great yep. singer. Um, and, you know, one sound is good as i'm sure he records in a multi-million dollar studio but it's gonna be 95 percent as good pretty much but the thing is as well though like and this is something that i have to learn for myself these people that you see that are like incredible singers you gotta understand these people have been doing it for 10 to 20 years they have learned professionally learned their voice they know how to use their voice yeah and like you can be an incredible singer and just not know how to use it so like, right. just if you're, if you're not the greatest yet, cause I don't feel like I'm that great, but like every day I'm getting better. Don't just stray away and say, I'm not good enough. Instead be like, yo, I'm going to learn how to get better and how to use my voice for the genre it needs to be, or just in general. So like, like a Charlie Puth and like all these people, like he has perfect pitch. And I, I remember watching the interview. He said he could hear the notes, but he couldn't sing them cause he hadn't learned how to do it yet. And now he does some like ridiculous stuff. Yeah. And like, but back then he wasn't the best singer at all. And like all of a sudden he put some time into it and now look at him. So have like, you ever seen those interviews where they try to like test his perfect pitch and they're so awkward. They're stupid. They're, Cause it's they're like, like, they're like, Oh, we're going to test you on your perfect pitch. And there's like 50 of these videos. And what they'll do is they'll play like a keyboard and he'll just be like, you know, a, and then they'll play like a, a note on a sax and they'll be like, this is going to be way harder. They'll play a note in a saxophone. <laughs> and he's just like F sharp. And like, 
And the, all these people are so amazed by it. And I get, you know, Perfect Pitch is amazing. Not everyone has it. It's one of those rare gifts that, that people get and can't seem to learn after the fact. But like, it's it's just so awkward to see him talking about it because you can tell he's just like, guys, this he is- He just fed up. He's like, this is the <laughs> least interesting thing about my life. And this all Absolutely. you want to talk about. <laughs> they'll, they'll have like I've seen them. They'll have like glasses, and they'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ding this cup with this knife, okay? This metal knife. Watch, Charlie. Watch, ding." And he's like, "I don't know, a a flat." Uh, just, like, and he just looks at him like, "Like, uh, yeah, okay, hit the next glass, I guess." I don't know why you're making a five minute video out of this, but yeah. And now we're making a two minute segment about it. <laughs> just about him. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Charlie, Charlie, what note is this? And yeah. we just like click or something like. What's that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I see some more uh, comments. I saw some Facebook ad stuff that I don't want to dive into too much because uh, it's not your your current niche. But I'll give you some topic about it. Um, Yusuf, if you're still if you're still hanging out, um, you're asking for if if about marketing funnels and if you've seen my Spotify conversion videos, um, I would consider those topics to be like top of funnel. And later on, you would retarget those people to try to sell them stuff. Um, now, in terms of if you're running f- separate Facebook ad campaigns for your top of funnel and middle of funnels, I would run separate campaigns retargeting people for different actions. Um, hey, Andrew, so yeah. if you would, give me give me one second. I got to run to the bathroom real quick. Oh, so yeah, yeah. No worries. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this. Talk stuff about what you're good at. Talk about what you're good at. <laughs> um and yeah, there was there was another another one that came through. Uh, how do you, how can you target the right people if your style of music doesn't resemble anyone else's? I make rap music in Italian, French, and English. How can I find my niche? Let me switch the uh, camera here. How can I uh, how can I find my niche starting from nowhere? So what I would do is, if you're making rap music, you know you need to find your subgenre if you have one. So you might start off your targeting as like, you know, you're going to target Spotify and Apple Music, but then you'll niche down and you'll target rap or hip hop. And if you have a subgenre, try to see if it's there as a target. Um, you know, there, there's various subgenres in rap, like emo rap or, and stuff like that. But um, see if it's there. And then the next step, since you're rapping in Italian, French and English, uh, you might want to try to segment and target songs by the main language of the song. Like if it's mostly French, maybe try targeting people because you can target languages, like target people that speak French. And I'm not sure if you can target people that speak all three, Um, like make sure they speak all three, not just one of the three. But you could probably do something where you target um, separately people that speak French, people that speak uh, Italian, people that speak English. Um, I usually just target English, um, but I'm sure you could pull off something. Maybe you only target French speaking countries predominantly you'll have to experiment because that that definitely complicates the process but on the plus side what's going to happen is that people that speak those languages are going to fall in love with you a little bit more because there's a lot less in terms of of competition right like how many french and spanish speaking uh artists are there like a lot less than english speaking artists so that gives you a leg up even if it makes it a little more complicated um and yeah so uh norman the real one hopefully that helps uh kidney pop thanks man nice seeing you here solo hits music what's up man by the way i'll probably edit this out of the podcast episode so it's not just me talking to people for a bit but um 
And then, uh, oh, Yusuf, you are Stafir. Cool. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully that gives you some context. Uh, Samantha, Tonden, um, their ad service is pretty solid. I did a test and it totally works. The, the thing is, it's not as good for people if you have a smaller budget. Um, since it costs $50 a month just for the service, unless you're spending a couple hundred a month, it's probably not for you. Um, so you might have to get into the nitty gritty and learn Facebook ads itself, just because that you don't want to be spending 50% of your ad budget on a service, right? Uh, then one more uh, for JSSAN. What budget will get you picked up by Spotify? It can vary. Like I, I, if you check on my channel, I have a video called $100 Facebook ad campaign. And that one, he's at 22,000 streams and is, he's, he got 12,000 during the campaign and he's gained another 10 in the last couple of weeks after the campaign stopped. So as little as a hundred dollar total for a song and I've had songs where I've spent 800. So it varies. Um, but Mr. Adamant, aka Jarrett, is back. So let me get my get my. Screen. Hey, if y'all have any if y'all have any name suggestions for me, or if you think my name's okay, let me know because that's been a, a current topic we've talked about. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. I, I get people ask me relatively frequently, like, what should I do in regards to picking an artist name? And um, for me, it's hard because I just use my real name. <laughs> um, and for me, that's that made the process a lot easier, especially since like I have my YouTube channel around my name, and it, you know, I, I don't have a super common name either. If your name's like, I don't know, Alex Johnson, you're probably not gonna be able to pick your your real name. But um, yeah, what 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 do you think, man? Uh, I I don't know, man. That's a, I think that's the thing is like, how important is the name? That I think that's like the question, like. It is the is the fact that like you don't have the Drake name or whatever like does that like does that take away from you as an artist or or I don't right. know like that's the question like does that take away from like okay when he start when Steve Jobs started Apple he wanted it to be the first thing that came up in the phone book or something like that so like mm. you know the, he's thinking in a marketing side how do we make that work but like that might not be the most important topic to talk about, but like, I was just, no, I mean, I, it's, I, I do actually like genuinely get that question a good amount from people and I never know what to say. And I often I say, I recommend people using their own name if they can, but you know, some people don't have names that are easy to pronounce or spell. And that definitely complicates the process. They, like the big thing I say to avoid is anything with a weird character or super hard to explain spelling. Because what happens in that case is, Every time you talk about your music, you're going to have to have this little weird conversation where you say like, well, it's like, it's like adamant, but it's with an E, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> don't mean to throw you under the bus, but just to use you as an example, you always have to say it's like adamant with an E, right? For people yep, to search you. Basically. And yeah, that's not, yeah. that's not the biggest deal in the world. I mean, like there's plenty of big artists like Bjork. How the hell, like, when she was getting started, she must have had that conversation. And um, it's, I don't know if you know how it's spelled, but it's like B-J-O-R-K, but over the O, there's like a, what is it called, like a umlaut or something? There's two dots above it. But then uh, you think, like, XX Tentacion. 
That's a weird one if too. You, if you say that to somebody, they're going to have no idea how to, like, right. it, how many of you in, in Apple Music, I actually type out fully XX Tentacia. <laughs> like, you just like X, and then you're just like, oh, there it is, because yeah, it's big yeah. enough. But, like, can you imagine the beginning? Like, oh, my name is uh, X Tentacia. Triple, triple Extension or Extension. So, 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 how do I, how do I type that in there? Like, that's yeah. the thing. Is like, some of these people, like, pop off with a name like that. But, like, right. And, and, in general, like it's probably best practice to avoid stuff like that. But you're right; it doesn't. It really yeah. doesn't matter long term. If you build a brand around a name, it almost doesn't matter. And it's just like there's some good practices. Like try to avoid awkward, weird spellings. But if you if you think you can imp- put it in your branding or it has a meaning mm-hmm. behind it, like mm-hmm. yours is kind of an extension of your your middle name. Mm-hmm. And so that's. But it's also an extension of my brand. So. Adamant, my middle name is Adam, but adamant is, it also means standing, not wavering. That was another thing that I wanted to do and I wanted to push is not only are we trying to welcome the rejected and do all these other things, but also we're, we're not wavering in who we are and in what we believe. So I, when I, especially when I start doing a lot of videos, a lot of times I feel like I come off like I am a super awkward tech nerd that barely passed high school and has no clue what he's doing. Oh yeah. So for all of you, if, if they call you stupid in school, I passed high school by like one point. Okay. So <laughs> let's just, let's just say that. I mean, but, it's the same for me too. I, I barely made it through high school and I, I have a master's degree in mechanical engineering now. So I mean, it's my, my, my teachers, I've had a teacher legitimately tell me that I will be a failure and never get anywhere in life. And now, Jeez, and this is not, this is not a flex. This is not me trying to be rude. This is just a statement. So please don't take this in any other way. But like she said that to me and at 19, I'm probably making the same amount, if not more money than she is. And that's not like a flex or to say that I'm better or anything, but it just shows that like, you don't have to have a crazy degree or be the smartest book smart guy in the world. Right. Just work your tail off, dude. Like anything is possible with hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, even though I, I've, I went to school and college for like six years and I, I have a degree for a lot of people. Like I don't agree with the notion that every single person has to go to college. It's not for everyone. And honestly, I think in general for high school, like it's, I wish I, I went to a trade school. Cause then in addition to having my degree, I'd also have a dope trade that I could use to benefit, you know, on, not only like my engineering, cause all that stuff's kind of related, but just stuff around the house or have a backup skill in case the world turns upside down. Like you never know how things are going to go long-term. And, um, uh, J J S S A N just said mine. It's J S A N. I tell them to say Jason replace the O for an A. And <laughs> that sounds like something you say at the end of the song, like Jason replace the O with it. Like, like he would just say that as like, like a, like a reverb call out at the end of the song. Yeah. Like a, like a producer tag. And so like it, 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 it doesn't I like I don't think it necessarily matters too much. It's just kind of like branding. Like if you can make it work, yeah. you'll, you'll make it work. But it's it is yeah. hard. It's super hard. Like my side project is called Murder Night, but Night is spelled N I T E. So I mm. mean, like I, I'm doing it too, like Murder Night. And for us, yeah. the name came from a Rick and Morty episode. the The <laughs> other guy was like, "Dude, I got the dopest name for a project, Murder Night," and I was like, "I kind of like it. It's kind of dark and fun because it's related to a." comedy show and it's like one thing in the episode they're like killing zombies or something they're like it's a damn murder night out here and it's like that's where it came from but we wanted it to be kind of like a cute but kind of dark vibe murder night but other than the office that is the best show that has ever been created i love rick Rick and morty Morty. dude i love it incredible it's it's um it's it's funny it's dark it's sci-fi and it's all the things i love and yeah um but anyways (laughs) um 
I forget where we're gonna where I was gonna go with this from here. I blanked out for a sec. Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about your your visuals a little bit. So you have a you have a dope music video for your song Rocket. Yep. And you you haven't gotten big into like marketing your music yet, but I, I feel bad. I only have like four songs out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but I think you're at this point where like because of the quality of your content in terms of music and the videos like the video especially let me see if i can get this on uh get this on screen for a sec and i won't um you won't be able to hear this but um no that's fine everyone, I'm, I'm gonna pull it up on the stream everyone else will so this is um this is his music video and you know, as we were talking about, he he literally does like video, like I mean, every aspect of video stuff, but video creation professionally. Um, but this is just like proof that you can do a video anywhere because the problem I've always had is I can film, but I don't have anyone that can film me. Yeah. So like this is a I handed my friend the gimbal and was like, yo, I have this idea. This is in an abandoned bathroom at like three a.m. in the morning. Like, like you can make it, you can finesse it. Like, and we didn't do multiple locations. The whole video is at one spot. Yeah. Well, I'll turn on the audio for a sec. It's all up. I know what you mean. Keep it a bug. You're afraid. I want to mean. So put gas in the wind, food in the fridge. What you going to do when a ring come due? Like, hey, y'all. And this music don't come through. Like a spaceship. But anyways, like, I, I think it's a... Like, not only does it have a cool meaning because you're you're introducing this kind of story at the beginning, but it looks yeah. dope. And um, one thing that's come up a lot when I talk to other marketing people is they're talking about the importance of storytelling with your visuals. And you have this thing right in the beginning. I was a janitor for three years. No matter who you are, where you come from, don't give up on your dreams. And then it goes into you just mopping the floor, which is, which is dope. And um, let me switch my... Uh, Screen and here. I've had people tear me apart for that video. Dude, the comments for that video, the ad for that video were hilarious. <laughs> the great. They're like, why is he mopping the effing floor for three minutes? Like those are like 30 or 40 of those comments. And I've replied to all of them just like joking with them and talking back and forth. But like, that's the, that's the thing is like, I want to make videos that are dope, but I also want to put a message behind it. And I've got a song coming out on the 31st that it's probably not going to be one that everyone's like, yo, let me play this song. Cause it's like, I, you heard it on your live stream. It's like, yeah. it's it's kind of dark and it's kind of slow. And it, it has that Billie Eilish sound to it to where like, it's not something you're going to play at a party. It's something you're going to play while you're in your feelings driving at 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And like, and I never, and I, it's like always trying to, 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 to put something behind that, that really means something like and something that plays into my brand and what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to do. You know, uh, yeah. I've been trying to figure out the visual for that one. Like, how do I do this one? And, <laughs> and give it justice to to a spot where it makes sense and can emotionally affect someone the same way that I hope the song does. And I, that's super, like, as I said, everyone I've talked to in the music marketing world, they say that's the most important thing. Like Matt Pelosi from Cyber PR said the first thing they do when they're trying to work on PR for an artist is they give them a big questionnaire, they try to find out from the artist what the meaning of the song is so that they can put a spin on it in the, the PR or the marketing, whatever service the artist is going for. And for you, it's just you want to tell a story. But for the marketer, it's how can I use this story to get people hooked into the music? And, you know, a couple ways, it's like if you're targeting people, 
you might actually genuinely target fans of both hip hop and people who work as like a janitor or in the service industry because you can mm -hmm. target by job. And so yep. if, if anyone sees that, that likes that style of music and they, they also like work with their hands doing like like hard work all day, like being being a janitor, being a, I don't know, a, uh, anything in like the like either public service or like service industry in general, they're going to resonate with that message. Like, especially if they're a music creator, they're going to be like, wow, this, even if they don't know who you are, like they're going to be like this dude, like he is, he's me right now or he's me in a couple of years. That's what they're going to yeah, see. Yeah. They're going to see themselves in your message. They're not going to see you. They see like the reflection of, of who they are and who they want to be. Um, and like you told that story story very well. And I mean, if you want to talk about the gear, like did you use anything fancy with that? You said you just kind of gave your friend a camera. Uh, we, we did and we didn't. The reason I say that is the, the things that we used – we're not much different than if you spent $500 on a DSLR. The only difference is like a little bit of sharpness in yeah. an F-stop. But like, if you're not even into camera stuff, then that's not even that important. I could have shot this visual in an iPhone and no, it wouldn't have been, and this video still didn't, I don't think really look all that great as far as quality, but like you still could have shot this on an iPhone with the same shots and the same concept and done it. We shot it on a, uh, a sick, it was an, it was, it was an ADD with a, 50 to 75 mil lens on it. Um, and now that was like a nice like L series lens, but like, I think I got my ADD for like a thousand bucks and that's with two yeah. lenses, the camera, batteries, SD cards, a carrying case, like, like, so you don't have to like, but like now I've got a black magic and like now I'm getting a little bit more into like, I'm actually playing with some real gear, but like, no, not really. I mean like the lens was expensive, but you don't have to have that lens to get the same quality. It's just kind of like yeah. a bonus. It's like the preamp, like I right, can make yeah. the same song. It's just a little bit of a bonus. Yeah. And this is, this will be a cool, cool way to, um, and I apologize for the people listening to the podcast, but I'll show bats bats video. Cause we were talking about it before about how yeah. he, um, that new video is dope. And I actually haven't seen it. So we'll, I'll just show a little bit. So let me just switch. And it was, it's all an iPhone. He does all of his, yeah. I think he does editing <laughs> the iPhone as well. And oh, another thing, is, if you're going to do visuals, LUTs. Now, granted, like, cause I don't, I haven't learned color correction. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically like, if you get a, like an EOS R or a camera, like that shoots flat, you actually go back in and you make the colors really pop. Like Andrew yeah. has a, a LUT on top of his YouTube stream right now. Right. I shoot in Canon, Canon log or whatever they call it. And then I, I apply my same in Premiere Pro. You can save any of your, your, um, color, your color grades. grades as like a lookup mm -hmm. table or a LUT. And then you can import it into OBS and, um, and have a, a color grade on your on your live stream. So that's exactly what I'm doing. So it's cool that you notice. So that. like you can shoot it on your iPhone and still get like the crazy cool colors and like make things look really good. And you can yeah. either do that yourself or you're like a ton of people sell them. Lugo sells them. Uh, where's Lugo is a good place. And then uh, Red Giant sells them. Yeah, There's and, a bunch and of this video by by Bats, um, you can probably see it on the on the stream now if you're have that open. But um, he has this dope color grade on it where like the only thing that's in color is his skin in that pole. Everything else is black and white, which is like a super unique look. Like you don't see the green in the trees or the grass. You just see his, mm -hmm. his skin and his hair and the red poles. And that's basically just, just a, a LUT. That's a pre, you can go and like turn the saturation down for- um, On certain colors and yeah. stuff, yeah. And, but, and like legit, like he shot that on an iPhone. 
And in the, and and this guy doesn't have a crazy setup either. This guy's shooting into a Scarlet or is recording into a Scarlet with like, uh, I think he has an Audio Technica MT20, which is like a hundred fifty two hundred dollar microphone. And if you play it for a second, like. Yeah. It sounds buttery. Like it actually sounds really good. And he's and he's not only recording this on his iPhone, he made the beat and he recorded it. Like the guy is like doing everything on his own just because he spent the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me get let me and he has negativity. like four hundred thousand followers on, on uh, TikTok. So like, it's just consistency. All right, cool. Yeah. So, so as you can hear, it sounds pretty, pretty pro, especially considering he's doing everything, doing everything himself, yeah, and just himself. on super minimal gear. All right, I got you back in the frame now, but. And and you were there was some overlap with the music and you saying it, but yeah, as you said, he has four hundred thousand followers on TikTok. <laughs> Nuts! Like he, crazy. He, he doesn't have a big audience on his music yet, but he has built up an insane audience on TikTok. And yep, um, I've struggled a bit to get TikTok rolling. I don't know if if you if you're on TikTok at all. I've been um, wanting to do TikTok, but man, I'm like, I don't have a video that's TikTok worthy. I've got one <laughs> video that I want to do, but I need some help to shoot that one. All right. All right. Let's just, you. I'm getting off subject. I've done a lot of getting this off subject. Who, if, if you drink co- coffee in the comments, you tell me if you agree with me. Coffee mugs are the easiest, easiest drink or the easiest cup to spill anything in. I swear to you. I fill up a mug, take one step everywhere. So I was like, how funny would it be if like the video opens up and he's filling up coffee? He turns to take one step and it's like a shot behind him and it's just like a bucket of water almost. <laughs> like it's like it's like all over him. Like and he's just spitting it out. Cause like that's how my things be with coffee. I'd be like, take one step, I'll spill yeah. it on the floor. I'm like, Are you kidding? No, no, that's 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 true. And I bet like people who drink out of like coffee mugs every morning. I'm I'm kind yeah, of yeah, an yeah. iced coffee guy, so it, like for me it's less relevant. But for millions of people, they'll see that and be like, Yep. That's me. Relatable. <laughs> and then they'll share it with their friends who also drink coffee. And um, now the thing with TikTok, from I, I know a few people um, that I that I like talk to that have like over three hundred thousand followers on TikTok. And then um, I mean, Ruslan is thirty k, and then Outlook has like two thousand. Um, and every single person says, just crank out like three to five videos a day around a topic. Um, don't make it anything fancy. Pick a topic you can make big amounts of content in. Um, so for you, I like, if you're doing comedy sketches or anything highly produced, uh, maybe that would be one type of recurring content. And then you have two or three other types in between so that you can crank out the volume or something. But yeah, I've been thinking about putting some music on there. I don't know if you've checked it. Uh, this morning I put up a hotel jam session sitting here in the hotel and I did, I, uh, I did a song that I never released. So oh, if cool. y'all want to see that, hop over to my IG, it's adamant music, but yeah, like. I've thought about doing stuff like that. Like uh, Nick D does uh, the minivan, mini jam session. I was like, that would be kind of sick. Let me try to do a spin on that. Yeah. And like, I think for some people, because some people are like, man, I don't think I can, I could, I could live with myself making content that's appropriate for the platform TikTok. So like, it might not be for, for everyone necessarily, but I think almost every single artist can think of some kind of content that isn't like, compromising their artistic integrity so to speak you know like you don't have to get up there and 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 dance like half naked on a table to get views like <laughs> you can talk about stuff that you're you're passionate about and there's an audience for it like it might not be as yeah. big as some of those channels but like i forget what like bats he makes these weird like he just brings out his gimbal and he just like stands in front of his mirror and he's just like 
man, a lot yep. of you are going to like this video just because I have a cool gimbal right now. And then he leaves the room. Yep. And then it's got like yep. 200,000 views. Bro, I've seen people like <laughs> millions of views. And it's just like a guy walking in, cutting his shower on. And he's like, uh, my my girlfriend just danced for two hours to get, to get a thousand views. Watch me get a million just turning my shower on. Like it's legitimately like TikTok is just like a meme. It's just meme. That's it. That's all it is, man. Yeah. That's all. It, I see very few people that are actually make like you like you and YouTube and Rusan and IG like they're making like produced brand focused content on TikTok. People are just like. It doesn't, they're just walking, looking at the grass and they get millions of streams or millions yeah. of views. So like, it's like almost like a meme. The, it's almost a meme in and of itself. Yeah. And, and I found it very hard to figure it out. Like I've, I've managed to get videos that can kind of consistently get between like 200 and 400 views, which is like, if you think about it, if you're cranking out a lot of videos that adds up pretty quickly, like mm -hmm. it's not too hard to build up to getting thousands of views on your content every, every week or every month. And on YouTube, that would take a lot longer or an instagram that would take a lot longer but to get you know to like like bats at 300 to 400k or to get to um to you know even uh Ruslan at 30k um you know it's 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 gonna be a different story for everyone i mean Ruslan's not even talking about his music he's doing like daily proverbs like daily religious quotes and stuff like that because he's you know he's big in the, the christian hip-hop scene and stuff um and so for him he, he like 30,000 people just listening to him talk about uh, like religious quotes, which is kind of crazy. But that's still part of his brand. That's the thing is he's learned how to, and he does it with his YouTube and stuff. He's learned how to, how to leverage to where not only does he have to crank out songs, but people are also there to gain information from him. Like, you know, yeah. like he's like, he's done with me with IG. Like I get on here and he's telling me how I should market this and what's best for my brand. Like I don't come to him just for the music. That's like literally the last thing I come to him for, which not because he doesn't have good music. I listen to his music, but like, I'm always there to like, okay, what can I get from you? Like, and I, I don't mean it like taking, I mean like, what can I learn? What yeah, can I yeah, gain yeah. from your experience and stuff? And that's like, why I'm there. Like, like that's the brand that he's built. And that's why he's got as many followers as he does. And as much, uh, and as much consistently, he's got true fans. He doesn't have a lot of people that just come in and leave. He's got a lot of people that are just there. Like right, he'll do a yeah. live stream, two of them a day and he'll have a hundred people instantly yeah. because he's got fans that are, are engaged into him. It's not just music. They love right. him and what he can teach them and give them and his thoughts and viewpoints. So, yeah. And, and, and I've noticed like, the, like the way that, the way that he does it, I've been trying to like take inspiration from it. It's try to build like a community and be omnipresent around whatever it is you do really helps a lot on, on any platform. Like, and that's what I've been trying to do more and more in this, this channel, like with this, this type of content, um, is get to the point where I see the same people showing up that I'm interacting with and on multiple platforms, um, because it it's 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 one it's just more valuable, but two it's 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 funner and three it's 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 actually something that's worthwhile. Like that getting views in and of itself is kind of a waste of time, but like building relationships and having people that care about what you do is, is like way more valuable way 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 more valuable and like just looking in this chat you saw me talk like like oh hey kidney pop you're here because like I've, i see him in the discord group i got I, i've seen him in multiple live streams and and then jacob he's a top quality mop yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know the, a bunch of people like uh solo hits and and um and samantha and jacob and Josh tice like i i see them and other people sorry if i didn't name drop you but um 
come up time and time again. And that's more important to me than like getting X amount of streams or plays or whatever. But yeah, top quality mop. <laughs> top quality mop. Yeah, but like, like that's the thing to me as well is yes, I want to get streams. Yes, I want to be able to make money off my music. Not because I want to be the guy with all the chains, but because I want to have financial freedom not only for myself, but also for the family that I'm hoping to have soon, you know, to be able to, Hey, if her job's in Texas, I'm not stuck in Danville where I work at. Cause I'm making the most money there than I would going somewhere else. Like I'm, I'm kind of stuck in where I'm at and I'm stuck in as far as time I can put into music and things as well. Um, but like to have the freedom, but also the most important thing. And we said this the other day, the most important thing to me at the end of the day I'm going to say this and it's going to, it's going to like contradict itself. It's not for people to hear the music, but it is for people to hear the music because like, I'm not, I'm not doing it just so they hear my songs, but so that they hear the message and know that they're not alone. Like I would much rather have a thousand people personally contact me or personally come to me and say like, Hey, um, thanks to this song or thanks to your message or thanks to your brand and what you say, like I've learned that I'm not alone and that I can face anxiety and depression and the things in this world and that I can make something out of myself, even if everyone doubts me, even if everyone doesn't believe in me, I would yeah. much rather have that and have a thousand people that I've truly impacted in my life than be a Drake. And, and I'm not saying Drake is, but then be a Drake, have millions and millions of streams, but not be helping or affecting anybody. Like that was yeah. a, that's something I've, I've, I've kind of said to myself is, I don't have an, I don't have a problem with like being happy with where I'm at or being like, if this is where I'm at the rest of my life, I'm not okay with it. But I have an issue with knowing that I could do better and refusing to. And and the quote that I've kind of said for myself, and I don't know if I'll quote it exactly right is failure for me. Isn't the money I make. It isn't the home that I put my wife in. It isn't the car that I drive at the end of the day. If I die, today failure for me is being able to make a difference in the world and refusing to or being too lazy to do it or not seizing the opportunity because i wanted to do something else like like success in my opinion is kind of like jesus did and kind of like all like 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 all of these great people they would rather put their bodies and their selves and their sanity on the line just so one person can know they're not alone than protecting themselves and their beauty and their integrity and everything. I would rather go and be stoned to help somebody than just to sit back and watch it happen and be loved by millions. Like that's who I am. And that's what my music and my brand, I ultimately want it to be is like, if I have to put myself on the line and I have to work myself to exhaustion just so I can gain a thousand followers that can be affected by my music, then I will do that. And I'll work myself until I'm black and blue and can barely hold my eyes open because I'm driven by that thought of I, I've God has given me the ability to make a difference. And if I yeah. waste my life and don't do that, then in my opinion, I've failed. Yeah. Like it's that's, all, it's that's all, how it all comes down to like uh, legacy in a way, you know, what, what kind of, um, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for yourself? And for me, that's what I think about a lot too. It's like it, the way that you do that is, Essentially, the more people you can help with whatever it is you do, whether it's it's music and spreading a message, um, as you just said, kind of like having an escape from reality, um, from anxiety or whatever, um, or something different. It's um, in my case. I mean, I also do that in my in my music, but helping people <coughs> spread their message and mm. 
I get mess for me, what keeps me going more than like views and ad revenue and subscribers is the one-on-one -on -one messages I get from people saying, you literally turned my music career around. Like you helped me do what I want to do. And if you look at someone like, I don't know, Apple, <laughs> like they, for them, it's pretty clear. Like they changed the world for the better by, in, by in creating Absolutely. the iPhone and they left in, in all of these cases, like there's a certain legacy less left behind because of the, the way you help people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, and yeah, I, that's how I feel too. <laughs> yeah. And see the thing, and, and, and it doesn't really need to be said, like it's already obvious, but I just want to like make it obvious is yes, I care about legacy, but I don't care about my name being part of that legacy. I would rather the movement I create and the people that I help be my legacy. Like if, if my movement yeah. becomes welcome the rejected and let people know that they're not alone. And I was the artist that would stay after a show for hours just to talk to somebody. And because of that, their life was changed. And then they did something better. If that's my legacy, I would much rather have that than, Oh, um, Ruslan died. It's a shame, but like, he's such a big artist and the name of Ruslan carries on. No, I would rather who I've been, in, in, in the brand and, and not just for the brand sake, I'm just saying that like the movement, I would rather the movement be my legacy yeah. than my actual name. Cause I don't care about if I get fame. The yeah. only reason I, I want to, I want to be something is because if I don't have the platform, then it's impossible. It's impossible for me to reach that many people. So like, right. Yeah. The only that I'm grinding and I'm spending money on ads is not so I can make myself big, but so I can even create a platform to be heard. That's the only reason, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, streams are nice, but like, if you don't have a platform, then you can't do anything. You can't, if Martin Luther King Jr. never had the platform to say what he had, then, then all of that would have never happened. But like he created right. the platform and that's why he's known and why he made such a difference. Like, so that's I mean, the that, thing is like, that's the only it. reason why I ever, ever, um, essentially charge money for anything. It's never like, I want to go buy a PlayStation five or something. It's like, I, I need, I need to, I want to do something. And this came up in other chat too, but I want to, there's something I want to do to build my platform more in a new way, which the end goal is to like help more people do stuff. Um, and how can I build that platform? Well, I need money to build that platform. And because I need to pay for ads or I need to pay for a service to host a platform, um, whatever it ends up being. So make some way to go generate that income, whether that's my, like my course, um, or whether that's doing one-on-one -on -one consultations or whether that's doing um, ad stuff and like ad management stuff or whatever whatever it is. But you get the point that um, to, to build a platform takes time or money and usually both. <laughs> um, so to be able to do that, you have to like do all this peripheral stuff around it. Like as we talked about for a lot at the beginning, um, build a studio and turn that into a side business, get into doing video production and turn that into a side business or do it as a career. Um, all of this stuff that, that you're doing is so that you can, you can build a platform, but the platform's not the end goal. The platform's the platform that causes the end goal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, is like you're building these businesses or you're building these revenue streams. And at the end of the day, your boss or yourself, you become your own angel investor. Your yeah. music is your startup. You know, that's what that's the business you're trying to start up, but everything else becomes like this. Okay. My boss is paying me to work. So my boss is technically my angel investor. He's in tech. He, he don't know he's doing it, but he's investing <laughs> into the business I'm trying to start. So like, yeah, you just got to have that mentality of, 
here, here's the thing. Like if you're a lot of people get upset and I don't have a course, I'm not charging people to do whatever, but like for your example, like if people are mad at you because you, they want $10 or how much ever it is to get into your course. Like if they're, if they're not willing to put the skin in the game, then they're probably not going to make it as an artist because you have to work your tail off and you have to put some skin in the game. You have to pay a little bit to get a studio started or even just yeah. to get studio time. And if you're not willing to even invest 10, 15, 20 bucks into yourself, then no one's going to want to do the same. If you're not willing to invest in you, then no one else is going to want to invest in you. And ultimately that's what your brand is, is in music, you're giving people substance and they're, you know, giving you their views. Like it's a, it's right, a trade off. Right. It's a, it's a, I give you something, you give me something and not in like a, a, like a mean way, like I'm taking it from you, but like, you know, that's what it is at the end of the day. Like when I listen to a Billie Eilish or to these other people, I listen because the, the, the sonics of it are just beautiful. So like that gives me peace, but also like what she's saying and how it's being said. And so I get something from that. And in return, like that's why people go and buy merch and buy, because like the artist gives them and they want to, you know, give back. And at the end of the day, that's what I think it really comes down to. Totally. And, and I mean, that's why I started like my, my Patreon. I mean, one, I, I saw the idea of how, um, how Ruslan was doing it once again, name drop him a million times this video, might as well just add him in the title. Yeah, this thing when it's done yeah. but um uh he had a patreon he had such a cool community and so i was like okay how can i how can i make a patreon for for my stuff and how can i utilize that so i made a patreon that adds some extra behind the scenes content that doesn't make sense for youtube just because it doesn't wouldn't make a good video and so i can't make like a text post on youtube really so it's a good way to have that content for people who already want to support my channel because they like what i have to do um and that's one part of it. But then the part I'm like, okay, well, this gives me some extra capital to go and pay for podcast hosting. And that's what started the podcast, which now also means it also, I launched the live stream with it too. So the funding for the, the Patreon started a podcast that's free for everyone to consume. It started a Monday live stream that's free for everyone to consume. And it's, it essentially created this type of content we're doing right here. Like this interview series wouldn't have really fully been created more than a couple episodes if I didn't have that that Patreon community because it's like that extra funding gives me the the incentive to invest all that time to go forth and and I mean one pay, podcast hosting isn't like a lot of money but it does cost something and then there's also the time factor and the process and the files and, and titling everything but um, that's that's yeah the, and, that's the thing and see that's that's something I actually wanted to talk about was especially for my position when, when, before we started the stream, I told Andrew, I was like, I'm not a Ruslan. I'm not a, this, I'm not, a, I don't have, I'm not 45 years old with a ton of life experience. I'm a young kid. That's just, yo, I'm trying to hustle. And I, and I hope, and I'm praying it works out. Like that's, but like, and, and I, and I guess this is going to get us into a marketing thing, which would fit with your channel. But like, as far as like people starting, like I, I I'm not making money on music yet. Like, granted I can turn the things that around music, the engineering and, and I can turn that into revenue, but actual streams and music, I'm not making money on that yet. And the thing is, is for me putting $500 into music marketing is a lot more difficult than Ruslan. That's going to make double that on merch sales. Yeah. So like for people getting started, I think that whole factor of putting money into it is really difficult to do because they don't see any return. Like I don't see return. I've put thousands of dollars. I've probably put two or $3,000 in the four songs I've made and released as far as mixing, you know, recording everything. But like, I haven't seen any return from that. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it because 
not only do I want to invest in people and, and all these other things, but I'm hoping at the end of the line, um, they're able in, to invest back into the brand and into the collective of Adam and of the, you know, welcome to rejected and all of those things. Um, and I don't mean that in a, Oh, y'all give back to me, pay me. But like, you know, like as a Ruslan, like he can do $10 a day and make $20 because of a hoodie sale and stuff like that. So what is your thoughts on for a lot of people in the comments, especially like, what is your thoughts on people that it is, in my opinion, a lot more difficult to pit skin in the game when you're basically just throwing that money in the garbage. Like if you, if you say, I want to spend $200 a month on music marketing, if you're little, you're throwing that in the garbage. So like you have to justify the fact of, okay, I'm just going to throw this money down the toilet for a while. So like, what's yeah. your thoughts on like justifying that and, and, and people getting started and putting skin in the game and all that stuff like that compared to a Ruslan and yourself where you can make returns? Yeah. So yeah, I, I've said there's a few, there's a couple ways to think about it, but the, the way that I encourage people to think about it is treat it the same way you would music gear, like how you're, treating um buying music gear that you can turn into a side business or buying music gear because it enables you to make better quality music down the road uh you're building your fan base like you're building or buying a studio setup or buying an asset essentially what you what you're doing every time you run ads to grow your spotify following just for example you're you're spreading awareness for your music on one case, you're building up a community of people that follow your account either on Spotify or on your social media, whatever channel you're running the ads through. And you're building a essentially a pool of retargeting because every person you retarget within like a half a year or a year, you can retarget later on Facebook ads. So you think of that as an asset. If you target, um, let's say you, you have ads that reach 1 million people, which isn't outside the realm of possibility for, for an ad campaign um, in terms of impressions. You can, you, can, you can reach a million people on an ad campaign depending on what countries you're targeting. And maybe out of that million, only 2,000 people click to go to Spotify. Now, um, you might say, okay, well, I lost all that money. And depending on how the song performs and the algorithm, uh, you'll, you'll make a certain percentage of it back. And depending on how it goes, you might actually break even or profit on that individual campaign. But you can't expect to break even a profit on it because there's so many factors that you, you don't know. Usually you're going to lose some money for the first pretty big period of time as an artist, like the first six months or the first year, you're going to be losing money. So you have to treat it like this is money that I, I can afford to lose. And this is money that I'm investing in my future, just like I would invest in um well, an investment, like investing in stocks or investing in a bond or something like you're, you're building up a, a, a asset of a community, an asset of people that you can retarget and reach out to. And basically it has that snowball effect where now like the first campaign you run, the first promotion you do, you're going to lose the most amount of money you ever do for the most part. But then the second one, you can leverage that previous one. And the third one, you can leverage those previous two. And in like a year from now or two years from now, or however long it takes you and depending on your budget and, and how hard you work, um, at some point it's going to get to the point where, you know, you have all this content you've built up over time. You have all these products you've built up over time where it starts to actually give you an ROI or a return on investment. Um, and for me, I've, I've had songs that, that break even or have a small loss and I've had other ones that, 
more, more in the start to actually make money side, just on the streams alone. But where you make the most money is offering offering products. And you know, we do have people like Young L3X or Young Lex that make a full time living just off of his streaming revenue. That's more rare, but it can be done. If you're selling products to people, like uh, for example, Ruslan or um, you know the community entrepreneur, um, they have marketing courses talking about how artists can sell merch. You can retarget all those people that checked out your Spotify to see if they want to buy a T-shirt, and and do all sorts of cool stuff with offering them products. It doesn't have to be a T-shirt, it doesn't have to be a CD, but whatever you want to sell them. Um, maybe you want to pitch them the idea of supporting you on Patreon or something. You know, whatever whatever the artist wants, but. That's how you have to think about it. And as, as Kidney Pop just said in the chat, you got to play the long game with music. It's music is not a get rich quick scheme. It's it's a it's essentially the opposite. It's a get rich very slowly and struggle a lot along the way scheme. <laughs> and the thing is, is if you get rich quick, a lot of times it's not going to last. It's like rain. It might rain really hard for like a minute. But if it rains real slow, a lot of times it's lasting a long time. Like if it rains all day, I've never, very rarely are you going to see where it's like puking rain and it's like, man, it's been raining for six hours now. Like, yeah, like it's yeah. always like the very light rain. So that's like, that's the thing you got to think about is like a J. Cole, like even though they're huge, they didn't just randomly skyrocket like a, like a little pump did. But then yeah. again, who's going to be here longer? Who's going to be making more money down the road? Who's going to have a brand that's that's a uh, that lasts forever? Who's going to have that? And, and at the end of the day, that's like what you, like what you said. Like you, you can't you got to treat it like a business. And they say I forget how they say it, but like you know, a business isn't profitable until like a year or two or something like that. Yeah. So even if you think you're even if you think it's your music like that is 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 in like uh, yak yak yaki raw. I guess how you say it. Is, you know, he's die trying. That is like, that's the fact. Like, and this is, a, this is a quote that when I start making merch, please don't steal this. But when I start making merch, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to put on my merch. Um, fear, regret, not failure. That's yeah. my biggest thing is I, is I'm, I used to fear. What if I fail? What if I'm putting all this money on it and it never works? Now I'm fearing what if I never do it? And I lay on my deathbed and regret the fact that I never tried. That yeah. is who I want to be. I would rather fear. I would rather try and fail then never try and regret that I never did. Cause like, that's the biggest thing for me. Like if I die trying to do it, then I won't regret it when I die. I'll still be happy that I at yeah. least did everything I could in my life to make a difference. And that comes back to, I had the ability to make a difference and I did everything I could to do that. And at the end of the day, it came down to God opening doors or closing them. And if it wasn't where I was supposed to be, or if fate didn't push me in that direction, then it didn't. But I did everything I humanly could to do that. Yeah, I agree 100%. That that's what that's the stuff that keeps me awake at night. Like, did I do enough today? Did I have I done enough over this period of time um to do what I want to do? Like that that's really the only that's one of the biggest factors that pushes me to do stuff is kind of like the fear of not doing enough and regretting that I didn't do enough one day, you know, is it's kind of scary like to think about that if I don't try to do this now, am I going to be one of those people that's, you know, uh, old in their deathbed saying, like, I had the chance to do this and instead I chose not to, you know? Yeah. Every time you have a risk, you got to th weigh the risk of like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen and what's the best thing that can happen? And if the worst case is that you, you fail, but otherwise you're pretty much fine, like you're not going to be homeless, you're not going to starve to death, you're just going to... You're just going to lose a lot of self-esteem. 
and maybe some money and it takes it sets you back five years in life that sucks but is that's a lot better than beat like in 40 50 60 years depending on how old you are being on your deathbed and regretting like man i wish i just at least tried that you know <laughs> you, you only get yeah, one shot let me see if i can pull it up here there's there's a quote from dave ramsey that's that's perfect about this like because we're talking about failure and honestly failure isn't the end failure is a lot of times the building block to to failure is the catalyst to being more than that i don't know if that's the right way to say it um yeah there's a lot of quotes like that and and what i say so dave is failure dave ramsey (laughs) there you go dave ramsey said success is a pile of failure you're just standing on top of it and not underneath it so like that's the thing that like that's all mindset though if if i fail a hundred times trying to do something i can either let it crush me or i can let it same thing with the platform you know if you visualize a pile of garbage you can either be underneath it and hiding or you can stand on top of it and now all of a sudden you're over everybody else because you you chose not to stay on the ground and let your failure kill you but instead you use your failure as the catalyst for success and 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 that's the thing is if it fails, then you, you just readjust and say, okay, like I used to play soccer and I was a defender. I was a very aggressive defender. And if I missed the first time, you know, if they got around me the first time, I didn't just say, ah, they're going to shoot the goal. <laughs> no, instead I came back and took their teeth out like as hard as I could the second time. Like I didn't give them enough space and waste enough time for them to take the shot. I regroup turn and as fast as I could, I ran back towards the goal. So like my goal is to make a difference. My goal is to help people. And if music is not the way to do it, if music doesn't work out, then I'm going to recalibrate and say, okay, so now how do I make a difference now? Whether that's speaking, whether that's this, that, and the other, whether that is just videography and that's all I do in my life, it's what's going to work at the end of the day. And what do I find freedom and fulfillment doing? Yeah, that's that's how I think about almost everything I've ever tried to do in my life. It's been how can I to get good at anything, in, in my opinion, at least it's you have to fail as as much and as fast as possible, because that's really all getting good at anything is. It's it's you've gone through all those failures and adjusted yourself enough to where the point where you're good at something with guitar, for example, that was the first time I ever felt like I was able to teach myself anything and get good at something. And I learned that practice is just failing millions of times over the course of a decade, really, to get good at an instrument. And singing is just trying and failing, trying and failing, and just repeating over and over again. Um, Playing a sport, you know, every time you, you, you said soccer, like every time you kick a ball, you're essentially either failing or succeeding. You fail enough times, you're gonna learn what not to do so you can succeed. Um, and most most things I've done, like before I, I've had good results with my music marketing, I released, I released, I have three albums and 50 singles out. And it took me all the way until my last single, Dreaming, to get on a Spotify editorial playlist. It took me all yeah. the way till 2020 to figure out how to market my music to where I could get good results. And that's because I essentially just failed and didn't know what to do for the past two years. <laughs> And or even before that, I've been making music for 16 years. Like I was doing like the last 16 years, like 15 of it, I didn't get good results. It, it took me a while. And that's that's how I view it, too. It's, you know, you got to you got to view the success as being uh, on top of a pile of failures, I guess. 
Absolutely. Anybody you see that's great didn't get there easily. Yeah. So. And not to say that, um, you know, I'm sure I'm going to fail a whole lot more this year. Um, (laughs) I've, I've had plenty of fit, like my song, you, I showed the, in that video I did show in the campaign, I showed how that flopped at first and I had to readjust and fix it. And my song socialized did great, but then the next song was twice as expensive in ads and I had to readjust. My new single at first was super expensive and I had to test all these new things to figure out how to market it correctly, to drop the cost down to what I was happy with. Um, There's going to be a lot more failures. So, <laughs> um, but that, that's how we learn. And and that's 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 why I, on my channel, I tend to show all, not all the failures, but at least some of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But man, we've been, we've been chatting for an hour and 44 minutes says the recording time there you go. um and i'm sure you and i could chat for probably probably much more <laughs> considering the last time we talked i think it was over two hours long but yeah uh, basically andrew's telling me to shut up that's basically what andrew's no no me. i, I gonna, I'm, <laughs> no i'm joking I, I still have to bang out a video for tonight which is gonna be a good yeah, time yeah, but yeah. before before we'll, we'll we'll chat see if there's any questions after this but uh we'll, we'll end the podcast here so um is there anything else you want to let let people watching the final episode of the video and the podcast episode uh, know before we sign off? Uh, I guess I'll just do a selfish plug. Uh, yo, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, YouTube, uh, it's Adamant, A-D-A-M-E-A-N-T, music. Uh, posting on there pretty often. If you want to learn more about the brand, the music, and who I am, hop on in there. Uh, I'd love to meet y'all. DM me. Let me know you came from Andrew's channel. And uh, yeah, sweet. Cool. 